Welcome to Art Lovers Forum. Today, I'm speaking to Benjamin Sack, a one-of-a-kind creative artist who draws composites from imaginary cities with pen and on paper. You have never seen anything like this. I saw Ben's work 10 years ago and knew immediately that I had to own one of his masterpieces. It doesn't matter what other pieces of art a collector has in his or her, her home. Visitors will be immediately drawn to Ben's work. It's fascinating. It's inspiring. It's so captivating. It's also complicated, secretive, and mysterious. So who is this person who can create these unimaginably intricate cityscapes with complex spatial arrangements? I love that he's been branded abstract urbanism. Ben is an American artist who received his BFA from Virginia Commonwealth University in 2011. Ben has often said he draws a majority of his inspiration from art history and classical music. He's also influenced by historical cartography, symphonic orchestration, architectural drawing, and extensive travel. Let's meet this unusual artist and find out what makes him tick. Welcome, Ben. Uh, good I morning, know, Lois. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you. I know that I just said a whole bunch of flattering words about you, Ben, but I still have to ask, who are you? <laughs> do, you think, do you ever think about how and what you are that you are so unique to the rest oh. of the world? Go, go to it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, you were, your words were very kind. Um, who am I? Who am I? That's a great question. I think that's the whole point of drawing and art in general is to kind of keep that sort of question in mind and see what arises from it. It's kind of the original question, isn't it? Who, uh, who am I? Uh, I am. That's kind of the answer. But, um, <laughs> in almost every major work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, no, I, I don't get carried away too much in terms of like biography, but just, uh, you know, I, from a very early age, I was drawing. So I've been very fortunate to kind of have that as a guiding star uh, through life and as a, you know, kind of a safe place to, not just safe place, but a kind of confident place to, I don't know, maybe measure one's progress, uh, especially with drawing from a young age and then all the way up to now, seeing what I draw, drew back then and draw now is, you know, definitely a story in its own right. Um, yeah. So don't you ever look at your work and think, oh my God, I'm a genius compared to everyone else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I mean, there are definitely moments where I'm, you know, certain parts in a drawing uh, can be quite challenging. Or I should say at the very beginning of almost every drawing, doesn't matter if it's large or small, it's usually pretty daunting, just a blank uh, canvas, kind of the infinite nothing in front of you. And then uh, you just jump in, <coughs> believing you'll get to the end. And uh, it's a lot of hills and valleys and mountains to climb. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, for almost every piece, I, I hate it up until a certain point. And then I get over the, the hill, as it were. I think I can. I think I can. And then I know I can. I know I can. And then... Uh, a work just feels really great to work on and becomes very fulfilling and 
yeah, it just it carries you away. It's, that's the kind of that's the zen I think every artist is after for, and feels good about when they reach it. So, are you saying that you're actually nervous before you start a piece? <laughs> I wouldn't say nervous. Uh, it depends on the piece. If it's a commission work, I wouldn't say nervous, but usually that involves a little bit of someone else's uh, take on things or insight. It's a collaboration. Um, so, so just specifically regarding commissions, uh, you know, it's just it's like meeting a person and talking to them for the first time. Where's the conversation going to go? Usually, always, it's, it's great, but it's just the human element, I think, just to be a little nervous or on guard or call it whatever word you want but um yeah no it's it's also very exciting and you know it's something new and that's also that's a huge you know forgive the pun it's a huge draw to drawing it's just the newness that will unveil itself you know this is so enlightening what you're saying to me because authors must have the same feeling when they sit down to write every book even if they've written 200 books each time it's like oh boy you know, can I do this again? You know, am I going to make this good? Am I going to get bored with the project? Do I have to keep this energy going? Every page has to have a golden nugget. So you're yeah. telling me that it's the same thing for you. I think it's the same fire, you know, uh, the creative spirit. I think it's pretty universal. Everyone can tap into it. I, uh, I myself also teach drawing and art history and such. And, you know, that's one of the great joys for me is bringing someone to that contact with that you know that flame of inspiration the stars in their eyes when you can make their eyes light up uh that's wonderful and if you're drawing or if you're writing you can also you know make stars appear in your own eyes from time to time that's i think that's the true quality of an artist uh, oh that's beautiful to, yeah that's to tap so, into that's it. so well said uh, thank you yeah i mean uh it's really sincerely been one of the great pleasures in my life to teach and when you do teach, you are teaching yourself at the same time. Uh, it's again a very—it's an experience that can be new and fresh every with every student. Uh, you know, some sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's less easy, but um, always exciting. Hmm, great. Do you ever think about your gift and wonder what you are supposed to do with it, other than draw on paper? Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, if I wasn't drawing on paper, I'd be some Napoleonic figure conquering the world. <laughs> uh, Perhaps. I, mm -hmm. I suffer from a light degree of megalomania. Megalom I can jump. I'm stumbling over the word. but uh, Go ahead. Uh, you know, uh, megalomania, that's the word. That's uh, so the word. It, just, it just manifests in my drawings for the, for the sake of the world, I guess. But... Um, <laughs> Does that, no, get reflective? Um, Does that get reflective in your relationships, business and personal as well? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I think uh, a lot of positive and uh, it's just kind of, how would you put it, maybe kind of energy you're kind of discharging in a way. Um, mm -hmm. It's an outlet. It's an outlet. Um, That's fabulous. I love the way you express yourself. It's so great. So, uh, so I'm now curious. If you weren't doing this type of art, could you do other art? I mean, could you do someone's portrait? Could you, you know, do abstract expressionism? I mean, who are you? <laughs> who the hell are you? Uh, who the hell are you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, 
as a teacher, uh, what I teach are the basics to drawing, uh, you know, very beginner, simple stuff. And I affirm it, as do all the great masters in all of art history, uh, the simple elements of drawing. So in one case, just being able to draw a circle or a sphere and a box or a cube, just these simple elements, you can scale them upwards to being able to draw anything, even portraits, even vast cityscapes. Uh, which are a portrait in a way of a place or society. Absolutely. But you could do abstract expressionism and, uh, you know, all the new things that you see young artists doing today. I mean, you're capable of doing that if you wanted to do that. That's an interesting question. I, in my own time, kind of in the dark candlelit hours of night, you know, I'll play around with just being very abstract and loose. I think, I think most artists, you know, you just end up doodling and you see what happens and, you know, an image doesn't necessarily, like, that's the point of abstract uh, art is it doesn't have to be something so literal. It can just be, again, some sort of action or something emotive being conveyed in the way a certain line looks or a swelling of paint or color. And all that is, I'm not going to say all that is, but, you know, that's, and it's a way of expressing, and I, it's kind of like practice as well. If you practice how to draw a portrait every day, you'll draw a great portrait at the end of a hundred drawings. You know, like poetry. Everyone has a hundred bad poems in them. Get them out of you, and then you then you can write poetry. I think it's the same with drawing, and not only realistic things but abstract things. I think I I dabble in some abstract stuff. I'm not always happy with it. Um, but it's a nice way to kind of re-inspire you or, you know, just get you on a different track or help help you along with some other, I don't know, creative problem or solution. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if you force me to make something abstract, yeah, no no problem. I just, for me, I was my own... I curious about that. I was curious if this was yeah. the thing you do and you don't do any... That you, not that you... You, you. I, I really wanted to get to the fact that you're capable of doing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Because some artists just do, you know, trees, and after that, oh, they don't, you know, they can't do anything else. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you do have to be careful when you're a creative of any type of <laughs> boxing yourself in. And I mean, I certainly enjoy architecture, which is a lot of boxes. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I guess. Regarding myself, you know, there's, when you look at one of my drawings, there's just a lot of architecture coming at you, a lot of detail, and you get, you kind of get lost in it. And then it, in that manner, I think it does become quite abstract. Uh, just this immense complexity coming at you, hard to discern what's going on at times. It's, it's, it's abstract. Uh, but then, you know, it's also at the same time unified. It's all one piece out of many, as it were, so... I think there's some sort of country with that motto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. That's, so um, I, I'm curious, every time you sit down to do a new piece, uh, how do you decide, you know, uh, where in your imaginary world this is going to, you know, this is going to look like and what you want to project? Because after looking at so many of your pieces, and I've shown it to other people. They say, oh, I know where that is. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
No, yeah. you don't. No, no, no. I know that city. I've been to it. I mean, so wh- where does this imagination go, and what are you doing in each of these pieces? Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's again a, a great question because it's it almost doesn't have an answer because it's part of the mystery, like uh, uh, just of creativity. Of course, you start. You have an idea, a thought, but what generates the thought originally? It's usually a feeling or you know, something deeper, it's hard to put words to it. That's why you draw it, <laughs> to figure right. it out. Mm-hmm. But um, I know for me, I, especially with the larger drawings, I'll start out, you know, very simply, with just maybe a light pencil, just the big shapes of something, just to get the composition going in the right direction. And then I just kind of let the hand take it from there. Uh, you know, I, I've been dedicated uh, to architecture and history. This whole, all of my interests come together in my drawing. And that's that's my life, essentially. And so, so I have the benefit. Saying, ben, yeah. are you saying when you sit down, I don't know whether to call it paper or canvas, but I'll call it paper right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at it. You haven't decided in your brain, like, oh, I'm going to try to do something Asian now. Or I'm going to do something okay. French now. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, no, that's, in a way, in so many words, that's kind of the process. Uh, usually, you know, I'm just, there's a composer that I absolutely admire. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, classical music of mine being an influence. Of course it is. And this composer is Gustav Mahler. Maybe if you know him, fantastic. Maybe not. Listen to him. But I, he had I, a phrase. Yeah, he has a big oh, name. Oh, you know him. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. He's marvelous and uh, he's sublime. One of his phrases is a uh, symphony should contain the whole world. And uh, that's sort of my axiom for, for drawing. A drawing should contain the whole world, literally and not so literally. Oh, that's, uh, that's a great, that's a great, great way, you know, to, uh, a great influence on your art. The music influence on art. The, absolutely. That thought is great. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at, old scores by some of these, you know, the great composers, their drawings. Mozart, you know, had a very exact hand, very precise and pristine. That's exactly how his music is. And then Beethoven, you know, it's just full of, you know, almost the sun. And it looks like it on the, on the page when he's plotting it down. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of similarity between music and, and drawing, of course. Um, well, yeah. that's a great explanation. Now I know the answer when I look at all your pieces. I'm glad I'm glad to be an insider. Yeah, so, yeah tell no one. <laughs> so ben, how many pieces? Uh, that's the word I use. I hope that's not a negative term for, you know, your work. But uh, how many drawings, I'm trying to think of a way to say that you'll be okay with, have you done that you've actually mounted and is somewhere? Oh, I don't have an exact number. That's another... Fascinating question. Uh, you must say to yourself, no. I've done 200 pieces. I've done 2,000 pieces. Well, you you specified like that are actually hung in, in a frame. Uh, that's like putting, that's like publishing a book, I guess you could say. Uh, and I don't, yeah, over 100, maybe 200. I, I'm not so sure. Cause it's, and, it's, all right, so then how many pieces do you have rolled up? Oh, <laughs> You know, most of the ones that are rolled up aren't finished or will never be finished. Uh, just, you know, tracks, bridges to nowhere. <laughs> so, you but, know what? Uh, 
It's interesting yeah. you say that because I went to see an artist a few months ago and uh, I was going to see some of his earlier pieces because I liked them better than what he was doing uh, currently. And he invited me to his studio and I walked in and I mean, someplace, it was kind of like an attic. So there was a lot of uh, storage above us, you know, when we walked in closer mm-hmm. to the ceiling. And there must have been like, Several thousand, you know, rolled up canvases. And I, go, An iceberg. I, yeah. I was overwhelmed. I was completely, I, I just couldn't even breathe. I could not believe that I was in the presence of someone that spent all that time and they were rolled up pieces. I mean, just, and, and we didn't really talk about it too much because he was only going to show me what he was going to show me, you know, which was already mounted and, you know, not sold. And there was lots of those, but. I just couldn't get over the fact that I said, oh, my God, I'm in the presence of a real artist. He's done so much work. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, you must feel that way about yourself. I mean, (laughs) I've I've felt that way when I've walked into other artists' studios, Uh, you know, especially older artists who it's, it's a beautiful thing when you can see, you know, a life of creating art kind of all in front of you in an, in an archive or a library of their past works. And it's it's like walking into, again, a uh, comparison to books, it's like walking into a magical library or just one of those wonderful bookshops in, you know, Paris or Berlin or New York where it's just full of wonder, Aladdin's cave, you know, and there's magic in it because uh, an artist, again, writer, poet, uh, painter, sculptor, you know, the, when they're making an object, a very personal thing, there is this piece of themselves they put into it. And yeah, that's powerful stuff. So, it, of course, when you walk into a room full of it, it's just amplified. The choir singing at you, you know. So, Ben, I love you for saying that because I'm a complete novice and I walk into artist studios and the fact that I had that feeling, almost like you're telling me that I was able to you know, emo- a certain emotion in myself, uh, or you feel something that uh, an experienced person would yeah. would 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 you know catch on to. I love when that happens to me, or I find out that somebody else had that same feeling because those moments of my life are very important to me. Yeah, so, they're profound. Yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> but but I don't meet that many people that would necessarily discuss it that way. So I really thank you for bringing yeah. that out. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. It's a lot for me as it is for the rest of the world. So um, I certainly appreciate that. So Again, you uh, can't and, tell anyone. <laughs> this is top yeah. secret information. <laughs> right. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. So... Where where do you store all this stuff? Where where tell us about well I I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but where do you store all these, you know, magnificent or you know, pieces, whether you use them or you don't use them? Oh, I um <laughs> I can't oh gosh. Now I don't hmm, this is a great question. I have a couple places. Some of it's with family, because I do a lot of traveling myself and I'm not in one place particularly long or too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, you know, also with a few of the galleries that I work with, they have some works. And then <laughs> just to get back to the, like, uh, the amount of work you see from an artist, you know, it's 
I think an iceberg is an apt metaphor. And you, you know, the work they'll show you is just the tip, and then beneath the waterline, it's a whole continent of <laughs> things you'll never see. But uh, Michelangelo, you know, he at the end of his life, he was burning all of his preparatory sketches because he didn't want anyone to know how much effort everything actually took. He wanted to maintain this. Uh, the illusion of everything coming out of his hand and mind effortlessly. So that's a balance there, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's tell our listeners about your world travels and how that all came about on Holland America. So nobody knows, you know, the greatest, well, not the greatest, but a very interesting part of your life and where you create your art. So you please tell us how that all came about. Yes. Um, so long story short, after college, um, I wanted to travel uh, in large part because that's what artists in the past would do. They travel and you know see the world and bring the world into their work. And uh, I was not a millionaire billionaire yet, but uh, so to, to do the amount of traveling I wanted to do, I wrote a proposal to a cruise line, a luxury cruise line. Um, this proposal was that, because uh, I came to understand that during massive long voyages, uh, there needs to be some things to do during a sea day between ports and adventures. And I saw my in there, as it were. And so I wrote a proposal proposing a beginner drawing class um, to be taught on sea days, as well as an art lecture series pertaining to this or that region of the world. And then at the end, uh, I would unveil a large drawing commemorating the entire voyage. And this was all aimed at their uh, grand world voyage. And uh, luckily, this proposal met the eyes of someone who was very enthusiastic. Uh, the right person saw it at the right time, and they said, uh, welcome aboard. And then uh, they said, it will only be going for one year, this program. And then I said, great, fantastic. And then, you know, just about 10 years later, I still have the great fortune to be traveling the world with them and seeing, you know, wonders. It's amazing. So we're talking about the Holland America Line Grand World Voyage, right? Exactly, yes. And the name um, is, what is the name of the ship, MS Amsterdam? It was the Amsterdam. You know, post-COVID, things have changed. It's now a different ship because the glorious Amsterdam has been sold. <laughs> um, and then I've also, they started having me do other voyages of theirs as well. I just got back from a grand circumnavigation of South America and uh, with a little bit of Antarctica. So just a lot of magic and wonder. So like, where have you been in the world? <laughs> Everywhere, just about. <laughs> uh, anywhere a ship can go, essentially. Um, I count myself unbelievably lucky to have been to all the continents and... Uh, yeah, I've headed towards the rising sun and the setting sun. It's it's uh it's been a dream. And and do you ever bring a friend with you, or you always go solo? <laughs> I have brought friends and family with me, and in fact, my dad was just on this last voyage with me, so it was pretty special to be able to take him around uh, South America. He uh, just retired as well, so it was it was pretty special. Uh, for both of us. He must have been so proud. That's unbelievable. I mean, how many kids, you know, how many people have children like that, that do what you do? It's very unique. That we could say is absolutely unique. There's a lot of brain surgeons, but there's not that many people <laughs> that do 
what you do. That's a, so I, I want people to know, like, so are you, like, set up in a big suite with, you know, dancing girls and caviar and champagne? How does that oh, work? It's the Titanic every night, you know. Uh, above decks, it's uh, fancy, fancy dinners, and then below decks, Irish jigs and <laughs> such. Uh, but where are you? Yeah, I, the key is to be in the middle, the gray zone, uh, which is where I position myself. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I um, I I get a stateroom cabin, which I also call my artist atelier. Very fancy, schmancy. Right. Um, and yeah, the ship doesn't have a lot of room for, you know, for an artist to really turn a space into a full-blown studio. And it's also only, it's rather temporary. It's two months, two and a half months, or four months, four and a half months, depending on the voyage. So uh, what I do, with the drawings that I do, the amazing thing is a drawing, the ability to draw can be carried anywhere. And so, and I live by that philosophy. I keep my practice very simple. And, um, you know, because most of the art, I believe, is inside you, you know, the artist or the student. And uh, the, the key is to channel it out. I find the best way for it to come out. Um, so yeah. my husband, Elliot, always wanted to know when he heard that you travel around the world on a, on an ocean liner. Where, how do you, he said, what happens if he needs more red pencils or, or not he didn't say red pencils, because he knows you do black. I mean, what happens when he needs supplies? How does he do that? I don't understand. Yeah, no, the the world is very flat, you know, <laughs> up until yeah. recently, the, the it was quite a global economy. So uh, if I was in desperate need of a supply, which I'm actually, you know, from experience, pretty good now at stocking everything I need to bring with me or to have shipped to the ship. Um, but no, there I have made friends in countless art stores around the globe, uh, in Sydney and in Cape Town, um, I guess anywhere where the British once ruled. <laughs> but in uh, Hong Kong as well. I still have inks that I got from Hong Kong, which are, again, treasures. So, yeah. There's, so do there's you run off, of like, at a port, you run off and you buy these supplies at places that you heard about or you know? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, with the internet, it's, you know, local art store. You Google it, and it, it pops right up, and yeah. And you have enough stores, time at a port. Sometimes it's only a few hours. Yeah, uh, you know, small ports, yeah, I wouldn't waste going to an art store. But bigger ports where we're there for a night or a few nights, yeah, there's times to run a couple little errands. Um, that's, you know, you'd be strategic with your planning and time. It sounds so simple to you, yet to the rest of us, it sounds like a scary situation where no, no, you would no. run out of, you know, maybe there was a, you know, a, a, a water got on some of your paper or the pens, you know, came dry <laughs> or something. And it'd be like, oh, my God, what do I do now? You know what no. I mean? Well, yes, there's a period. Uh, do you lock younger... these things? Wait a second. Do you lock these tools up? No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, it's like I said, I keep things pretty simple and especially given the space that I have, it's, you know, a stateroom cabin is essentially a hotel room. So uh, there's, you know, there's space, some space, and you just decide where the clothes go and where your art supplies go. So do you ever walk into like one of the housekeepers and see them move your supplies around screaming, don't touch that, don't touch that. (laughs) No, actually, you've hit on something that's really near and dear to my heart because 
the housekeepers, uh, most of them with Holland America, they come from Indonesia, and they're just the most incredible people ever. Um, and <laughs> they they essentially become my studio assistants, some of them. Uh, and uh, actually, one of them, as I'm drawing and creating in my room, you know, they're keeping track and asking questions and and such. One of them, he became inspired himself and started drawing. And so on Facebook now, every day he posts portraits of people on the ship that he's drawn. And uh, oh my that God. was from my encounter. Yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful. One um, thing just, leads to another. Know. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's so my next dominant. question was going to be, so what is the reaction from the passages to your drawings? I mean, are they like amazed? Like, is this a joke? Did this guy really create <laughs> this stuff? Oh, my That's, God. We've never seen you, anything like this. <laughs> you are quoting them verbatim, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but uh, that's one of the, so that, that fits into why I've been asked to come back um, and really become a presence on these voyages is because at the end, when I do unveil the drawing, it's a very special moment for everyone, uh, not just myself and the work I put into it, but, you know, it, it, it when an artist, when something's created, specifically for an event that so many people shared together, there's, again, there's power in that. That's what people used to do. Uh, cities would commission a public work or something to commemorate a victory or a momentous occasion. So that's that's kind of the energy and uh, species of, you know, joy that's occurring when uh, we do the unveiling. And, you know, all, all the staff, on, the executive staff on board, um, depending on the venue that it's unveiled, they're part of it. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. And people, you know, the magic of maps is just being able to point at things and places you visited and people get to relive that. And it's it's a lot of fun. So um, do a lot of the passages become collectors of your work? Yes, actually, yes. Um, <laughs> I actually just received a couple bottles of wine yesterday uh, from one of them who I was doing a little... Uh, Got little commission work for so you know they they become some become collectors but especially dear friends and so mm -hmm. that's again part of the magic that, traveling that, the is, world that is unbelievable yeah, um, no, it's, yeah. so uh, who are your collectors on land <laughs> are there any <laughs> other than me <laughs> there are uh, they're not all just sea people and mermaids and king neptune <laughs> right but uh yeah, no, I have yeah collectors in the U.S. Uh, and also in England, especially in London, particularly. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, How does the word get out? Yeah, well, uh, is it all word of mouth? Well, uh, word of mouth, and then also, well, you know, Robert, he shows my work and uh, the work of the other great artists in his gallery. Uh, we're talking about more. everyone that's listening to the famous and the delicious Robert Fontaine. Indeed. Cheers, Admiral. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Call him Admiral. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so he exhibits in a lot of art fairs. And it's been about 10 years. Um, so 10 years ago is when I started working with him. And uh, that's when my work started being shown in fairs. And that's you know, that's the beauty of the art world. It, you, once you added one ingredient to the pot, you know, it all gets mixed up. And How did you meet? How did I meet Robert? Right. Oh, okay. He, uh, well, that's the power of the internet there. I had created a large drawing 
uh, just on my own volition, and I did a time lapse to it. And if you want, you can go on YouTube and just type in, if you typed in my name, it should pop up. But um, Ben Sack, Danse Macabre, you know, if you wanted to look it up. Anywho, I had done this video, this time lapse, and uh, yeah, I got a pretty good amount of hits. And Robert uh, was one of the people uh, who saw it and introduced himself and said, uh, you know, I think your work's fantastic. And you know, I'd love to show some of it. And that's, oh, that's when our wonderful. friendship began. Yeah. That's unbelievable. No, your work always looks stunning in his uh, stu uh, his galleries. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. You walk it in, you, you feel, you could feel the energy. It's, it's really terrific. So asking you a lot that's of questions, I'm curious now, um, who are your, who are your favorite artists? You know, who, <laughs> who has inspired you? Yeah, so many. Uh, I think the trick is to always keep your eyes open. And, uh, you know, Picasso had a great quote about, you know, amateurs borrow, great artists steal. So I, I you know, just trying to steal as much inspiration as possible. <laughs> <laughs> as for Picasso, uh, no, it's a wide range, of course. Um, you know, it's like high two school. or three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the greats, of course. Da Vinci and Michelangelo, just in terms of drawing, uh, you know, spellbound by their drawings early on. Uh, and then just the force and power in Michelangelo, not only figurative work, but architecture too. Um, and they also dealt with architecture, yes, and maps. So that just pulled me in. But uh, gosh, there's so many. What about, I mean, are, there, are there any contemporary artists now, oh, yeah, or emerging artists that that you like or you can't even think of them because there's so many of them? There's a lot, but um, I, uh, first one that comes to mind is Julie Moretu, you know, big, uh, she's American Ethiopian artist, uh, works abstractly, but with a lot of architectural kind of elements in her work that I, mm -hmm. I wish I had that kind of freedom. And so I, in the candlelit dark nights at midnight, I, uh, I, you know, create my own private abstractions in that vein. But um, Tell, tell us her name again, because uh, oh, yeah. it went too fast. Julie, That's fine. Julie Meretu. Can you spell uh, her last name? I can try. It's a tricky one. I think it's M-E-H-R-E-T-U. Okay, we if can you... figure it out after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, that then, would be very. Uh, I be. I will be very anxious to see who you admire. So I will definitely look it up. Yeah, Anyone her, else her work that you and, can't um, mention? Speaking of just contemporary, also uh, big name contemporary, uh, William Kentridge. Uh, he's a South African artist, uh, and he would do these kind of animated charcoal drawings, uh, and you know, architectural, but also big into philosophy and thoughts. But we also share the same birthday, I discovered, as well. Recently, oh. so. Well, spell Kindred his spirit. last name so we could look it up. Yeah, uh, Kentridge. So K-E-N-T-R-I-D-G-E, -E, I believe. Okay. We yeah. will definitely look it up and we will get back to you about that. Who do you listen to in music? Well, you mentioned a little yeah. bit of it. Yeah, of course, Mahler. Uh I yeah I'm pretty rooted in the classical tradition I guess you could say I also play the trumpet as a complete amateur and I doodle on a little toy accordion <laughs> as well but um, yeah in terms of music yeah Mahler and gosh 
uh, Ravel, especially Ravel, mm-hmm. um, any of the 50 Russian composers. <laughs> okay, uh, we have our yeah. choices there. There's Good. a couple. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Stravinsky, Russian, of course. But uh, yeah, in terms of, I, I also just love folk music around the world. You know, with the traveling that I've done, You're I've been able to, to lot, yes. you know, just hear some groups live. Yeah. Um, you know, I try to steal their sound into my music, essentially. <laughs> um, unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's it's all great. about rhythm, right? <laughs> so, what do you see for your future? Uh, uh, that's the big question, the Titanic question. Uh, no, just filled with drawing. I mean, my greatest wish would be able to, or to have a patron or someone come up to me and say, "I have this giant ceiling I need painted or drawn on." And mm-hmm. then uh, just give me four years to work on that. And that would be the dream. But uh, yeah, I, I'm i on a pretty great path and trajectory right now with the traveling, but also with the exhibitions and working with galleries just to expand that. Um, yeah, grow as a person and, and an artist. They feed into each other. So, yeah. So, so um, I know we spoke about a topic before we started this podcast, and I completely forgot about it again until we just started to talk about a certain element of you. So I think to oh. end this podcast, we want people to know, because I'm going to write it in my preamble when we post this out and send it out to everyone as well. Uh, you know, you do all this work out of one eye, which is amazing for an artist. You are blind in one eye. So all this work, all this intricate little itsy bitsy details that most other artists don't even come across in their life. You're doing this with one eye. I mean, has it been, I mean, is that your life uh, with one eye? I had a grandmother who, you know, at 70 years old, found out that she never could see out of one eye and she never even knew it. So what is it like for you? I mean, what what has happened in your life (laughs) with your artwork uh, only using one eye? Oh, it's, it's, you know, I wouldn't know the difference, but uh, it, I'd say it's pretty fun and funny. A lot of times, uh, most people think I'm winking at them. <laughs> uh, and then when people ask what happened to your eye, I like to say I traded it for infinite wisdom. <laughs> but, uh, That's good. That's good. You know, but the, the truth is I was just born uh, without sight in my right eye. And, yeah, I, I didn't really know that I was blind until, yeah, maybe... I don't know, six or seven when, you know, as a kid, you know, you're you're fitting in with other groups of kids and people notice a difference eventually. And yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's been a good or bad thing. It's just been the way it is. And yeah, I, I think I've done pretty well with it. It's done well with me, I should say. <laughs> that's, I believe, yes, that's wonderful. Look, we yeah. all are vulnerable in life. We don't know what, you know, what could happen in the next minute. So it's wonderful to hear that you've marched forward, you know, and and with one eye, you have done what most people can't do with millions of eyes. So so we're yeah, very proud of you. you and we're thrilled and we're happy that you shared that, uh, you know, uh, information about you. So let that be a motivation for everybody else who thinks they can't do something because, you know, one little. Especially you know, one, drawing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially drawing. Right. I should. Yeah. yeah. 
we should emphasize that. Well, Ben, this has been a complete pleasure. This is like a dream come true for someone like me who has never studied art, who can't draw a straight line, who could barely speak. <laughs> so, I mean, so I'm pushing the envelope as well. And you have made this just a fantasy. Uh, and I'm thrilled. And I thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll send out information about Ben Sachs so you can become part of his fan club. Thank you, Lois.